Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. This morning we've got a uh, we've got one of our incredible legends of the Annasbrook Nelson City location sharing with us this morning, and so it's my absolute privilege to uh, invite and welcome this person up onto the stage. You've probably seen him walking around, running around uh, many times before. Uh, this person is somebody who is part of our church whanau, who carries a significant amount of weight both in the practical. Uh, sense, but also in the spiritual sense. Uh, this person is somebody, they oversee actually all of the, the vehicles and trailers that get the gear to this venue and take it away at the end of every Sunday. They're the individual that makes sure there's people here to help set up this wonderful venue ready for us so that when we walk through the front doors on a Sunday, we can enjoy this incredible experience with each other's company in the presence of God. And once we're gone, it's the same person who sticks around with the team and packs it down. That's the practical stuff. But they're not just a massive weight carrier in the practical, they're also a massive weight carrier in the spiritual. Um, Somebody that's always praying for us as individuals, praying for us as a church whanau, believing that this is a place where God is, a place where heaven meets earth and a place where people can come and experience the life and the hope and the freedom of Christ. And so uh, this morning, it's an absolute privilege for us to have him coming and sharing some thoughts as we continue our theme, our big theme of following Jesus as we continue continue to explore what it looks like to be active disciples, active apprentices of Jesus. But as part of that, looking at some of the spiritual practices that we can engage in to actually find uh, a clear path and concrete steps to walk in the ways of Jesus. So this morning, uh, it's my absolute privilege to welcome this person to the stage. So I wonder uh, if you join me in really putting your hands together and giving the warmest welcome you know how to muster for the incredible, the great Greatly appreciated, and the, yep, Mr. Paul Fox, get up here, mate. Thanks, Sean. Wow, what a! I didn't recognise that guy. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I know you are as well. <laughs> so, good morning, church. Um, it's my absolute privilege to be sharing the word this morning. Um, who enjoyed a little bit more of a sleeping this morning? I know I did. Yeah, there's a raise of hands. That's great. So loving the new start time. It's awesome. Um, so I'm going to be sharing in our journey of following Jesus, our life journey, and our sub-theme of practicing the way, and our sub-sub-theme of emotional well-being. A little caveat, I'm not a counsellor. And we're probably not going to be able to unpack this huge topic of emotions in 20 minutes. But what I am going to do is speak from my personal experience as a human who experiences lots, many, many, many emotions. And also I'm going to be sharing from the Gospels and showing how Jesus navigated these tricky things called emotions. So are we all good with that? Great. I just want a quick show of hands. Who here has experienced emotions in their life? Hallelujah, Lord, I'm in a room full of humans, not robots. And here's the thing that God created humans. 
He created us to be relational beings. If he wanted robots, he could have created robots. But part of our makeup are emotions. We have them, and that's fine. Emotions are great. When Pastor Shan asked me to preach this morning, I went through a massive wave of emotions. And I'm going to show you on the slides what I went through. So if Nathan's got the first one, I sort of went through a, yay. The second slide was a, oh my gosh, what does this look like? The next slide was, okay, let's think about this. How does this look? And then I quickly went to, help. And then finally I went to, thank you, God, you're in this. And he is in this. He's always in this. He's a great God, and he just loves us. He just wants to be with us always. Another quick show of hands then. Who here has electrical appliances at home? You notice I put the bar like really low down so everybody gets in? It's so good. The, the thing about electrical appliances, we get an operations manual. We get an instruction book of how to use it. I'm going to divide the room into sort of three categories and see how this fits. We'll have one set of people who will read the manual from front to back and follow it diligently. And if you're in that category, we need to make friends because I need you in my life. We'll have another set of people who will just go through the quick setup. And you're great also. It gets a piece of kit working. You're efficient and it's done. And then there's the other type of people who get the manual. It's still in its cellophane wrapper. And they put it somewhere really, really, really safe and probably never see it again for about three or four years. And I'm in that one. <laughs> but what I'm trying to draw attention to is that when we get a, an appliance, it comes with some instruction. I want to say that our emotions also come with some guidance. It's in the form of the living word. It's in the form of the gospel message. It's in the form of Jesus, Emmanuel. God with us, who came to the planet, fully man, fully God, and experienced a wide range of emotions. Printest did a study, and they showed that through the Gospels, Jesus experienced 39 different emotions. 11 of these are classed as core emotions, and we're going to have a look at those on the screen now. So the, I'm just going to read through them. So the first one was anxiety. And there's a lot of that going around at the moment. The next one was anger. There was shame. There was sadness. Jesus wept. There was pain, surprise, hope, faith, love, joy, and peace. Now, I just want to focus on one of those, sadness. Jesus wept. It's found in John 11:35. Amazing piece of scripture. Jesus is at the the tomb of Lazarus, and he's basically crying. He's shedding tears, so many tears that the people around him said, look how much he loved him. So how did Jesus navigate this, this emotion? Well, I can tell you now, what he didn't do, he didn't become paralyzed. He didn't stop. He didn't become absolutely swamped with this thing. He actually did the opposite. It moved him to take action. The emotion that he's feeling moved him to actually take, raise Lazarus from the tomb. He actually brought him out of the tomb. And I believe that following Jesus' examples, following the scriptures, reading the gospel message, we too can be taken out of tombs of despair. We don't have to go there. 
He's shown us a way. He is the way. I want to get vulnerable with you now, church, if you don't mind, and just tell you about something that happened in my life. In 2014, my whole life literally pancaked. Um, I'd separated from my longtime partner, the mother of my two children, and I'd moved into a home by myself, and I was seeing my kids on a 50% basis. So I'd moved from 100% access to my children to 50%. And I'd be at home, and literally these emotions would well up inside me, so much so I'd just burst into tears. I could be doing the dishes, and there'd be more tears coming down my face than we were actually in the wash bowl. It's a serious. And I had two choices. I was faced with two choices. I could push this thing down, way down deep, deep, really deep, and bury it, or I could learn to experience it in a healthy way. But for me to do that, I had to get vulnerable with the people around me, and that literally meant having a conversation with my kids. And the convo went something like this. I went, hey, guys, daddy's going through some feelings at the moment. And you might see me crying, but it's okay. I don't want you to worry about me. I just need to let these feelings come. And then I asked them a question. Am I okay to cry in front of you? And the kids just looked at me and went, oh, yeah, daddy, that's fine. <laughs> kids are great. But what this did was it gave me permission it gave me permission to be vulnerable. It gave me permission not to be strong, not to try and put on a, a show, you know, to allow this thing to actually come in a healthy way, manifest and go. I read a study done um, on emotions that measured the brain pattern of people going through emotions. And apparently the wave of emotions can only last approximately 90 seconds. It's amazing, eh? And 90 seconds. Now, if we, learn to, if we learn to express the emotions in a healthy way, we will ride the wave. If we don't, we'll literally drown in it. I just want to shine a light on a lie. Um, a lie that I grew up with, that you don't show your feelings, you push them down. You be a man. Now, I want to shine a light on that. You know... Feelings, if we push them down, big feelings, what's going to happen is they're going to come back at some point. They'll probably come back at the most inopportune moment and probably, possibly wreck ourselves, our relationships, and possibly our relationship with God. So we need to be, we need to learn how to respond in a healthy way with our emotions. And Jesus did that. You know, Jesus was moved to action. He literally responded in a positive way. And Lazarus came out the tomb. You know, emotions are not bad. They're of God. So uh, let's, not, let's not put them in a place where they're so out of reach. If we learn how to respond in a healthy way, Pastor Grace said it last week, said it beautifully. He just said, learn how to respond, not react. And I think that was gold, really gold. So how else did Jesus respond to emotions? Well, we know he was vulnerable because we see that he wept. You know, we know that his compassion led him to many acts and many healings and people raised from the dead. So we know he was vulnerable. We also know that he had his trusted. He sought wise counsel. He had his disciples around him. When I was going through my journey, I'd come to church on a Sunday 
And I thank God for Anna's Book Church. I really do. Because I'd sit there and I'd listen to the message, and it felt like every week my arm would go up to the altar call. It, felt, it, was just, it just felt like it was going at random. But what I did was it, it, I had access to an amazing pastoral team who got around me, they listened to me, they, they cared for me, they gave me guidance, they were secure. You know, so I recommend now, church, that if you're going through anything like that, please don't try and do it on your own. You know, look for people who are, who are trustworthy. As Pastor Grace said last week, choose wisely who we give our sovereignty to. But I was such a, it was such a benefit for me. I also had professional counselling. I went for counselling. So again, if you've got the means, go and do it. And if you haven't got the means, come and see church. We can, so, we can help. We can help. We have, we have counsellors who actually come into church. So we can help with that. It's, a, it's the best investment you can make. If you're struggling with these things, let's help. And if you do find yourself as a support, as a shoulder, then please know this. It's not your job to fix the issue. Your job is to listen, support, maybe guide a bit, pray and believe that that person is going to be made whole and well and be able to stand again on their own feet. So Jesus, we know that he had his trusted. At the Garden of Gethsemane, he was there, probably the hardest time of Jesus' life before the cross. And he was going through some massive emotions. He took three disciples with him, Peter and the sons of Zebedee. And yeah, we know that they fell asleep under the weight of the sorrow, but they were close by. He had them nearby, so if he needed them, they were there in a heartbeat. So we need to find people like that. We need to choose them wisely. We need to use good wisdom. If we're going to be vulnerable with people, those people need to be secure. Because hurt people will hurt people. Loved people will love people. So if we find people who are carrying emotional baggage themselves, they're possibly not the best people to give our emotional baggage to. We need to find people who have healed, they've been the whole, and they're able to support. Because we all need it at some point, church. I did. And I thank God for Anna's book. What else did Jesus do? Jesus spoke to God. He was in constant dialogue with the Father. The Son of God, God incarnate, needed God the Father. So if he needed God the Father, then we do. Jesus needed his trusted people. So if Jesus needed his trusted people, we do. You know, God is a good, good God. He wants to be involved in our situations. But we have to let him in. We have to be vulnerable. You know, when we become saved, it takes a lot of humility to bow our knee and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It takes an ongoing humility to keep walking and keep allowing him to every area of our life. And he wants every area of our lives. So please, if you've pushed anything aside, the stuff that's not been dealt with, then please bring that to the surface. Let God in. Because he wants to be involved. He wants to be involved. You know, Jesus constantly had conversations with the Father. 
in First Thessalonians, that's a hard word to say, isn't it? What the heck? Paul talks about praying without ceasing. And I think that's what Jesus had. And I think that's our journey of getting to that place of being able to commune with the Father continually. Last year, Pastor Grace shared a word, and these, these golden nuggets stuck with me. He talked about our um, spiritual maturity and how to gauge your spiritual maturity is how quick you run to the Father, how quick you run to Jesus when an issue happens. So if we try a hundred things before we go to God, possibly not the most spiritually mature. But if we try straight away, God help me, like the, the last slide, thank you God you're in this. That would be a mark that we are really spiritually mature, we're, we're communing with the Father straight away. You know, first seek the kingdom of God. Not last, first. Should be our first protocol. And I guarantee that's what Jesus was doing. I don't know how much time we've got left. I'm not looking. 10 or 15 minutes. Um, I'm getting close to the bank coming up, bizarrely. But I've got a few more things. So my message is it's quite simple. There's only sort of three steps that I sort of recommend we do, and it, it's really served me well. And by the way, I'm still journeying this through. It's not, it's not a finished work by any stretch, because um, sometimes these sneaky little puppies get in and sort of find a way of aching you. They do. Um, but I just find it's a continued way of just growing and letting God into our lives. So the, I'll bring the, Nathan will bring a slide up. And it's just three points. And the first point is to be vulnerable with yourself. Allow yourself to be vulnerable. Allow yourself to feel feelings in a healthy way. We don't have to have a stiff upper lip. Have you tried speaking with a stiff upper lip? It's really hard. It doesn't work very well. So allow him into your life. Don't push the emotions down so far deep inside that they're going to want to come back up at some point. And pretty much possibly become a train wreck. The next one is be vulnerable with your trusted friends and family. You know, they want to be in your life. But for them to be in your life, we need to trust them. We need to choose them wisely as well. We need to use good wisdom. We need to share with them in, a, in an honouring way. Not just honouring us, but honouring them. You know, my kids... I was amazed that my kids literally took what I spoke to them in such an easy way. Do you mind if I cry in front of you? Oh, yeah, Daddy, that's okay. I was, I was stressing about that conversation. I didn't know how that was going to go. But I knew that I had to be vulnerable. I had to allow that to come so those feelings could actually be allowed to come to the surface. Else I was creating a problem later on in my life. The other thing I noticed going through that, that... I experienced the emotional wave, and they lasted no more than 60 seconds, bizarrely. And within six weeks, they'd gone completely. Now, I later found out that that was called healthy grieving. I hadn't put language towards it that I was actually grieving. I was actually grieving the loss of my kids and loss of a relationship and all the rest of it. But I found by allowing the feelings to come in a healthy way, I managed to heal a lot quicker. And I reckon if we push them down, that healing can go on for years and years and years. I've heard studies that people have been grieving for years. 
And I would say, get wise counsel. Go for counseling. As I say, it's the best, best use of time, best use of resource. Invest in yourself. Invest in your family. They'll all appreciate it. Finally, be vulnerable with God. He is a good, good God. He wants to be in everything that we do. But we have to allow him. We have to allow him. He's a good God, but he's also a God who respects us so much that he won't impose himself on us. He's there always waiting. He's always waiting. You know, he's waiting with the robe to put around you, the sandals to put on your feet, and the ring to put on. And it's when we go running to him in whatever situation, he'll literally clothe us. He'll literally come around us. He'll bring us out of that tomb of despair. He might even, he'll even take us away from it before we even get there. But that's just becoming emotionally healthy. It's a journey, I know, church. And it can be a hard journey. But Jesus personified a way to be healthy. He showed that things can be moved to the good every single time if we choose the right path and respond. You know, the Beatitudes, the first of the three Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount talks into this. The first one is, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this speaks about our struggles, our life struggles, our emotional struggles, our physical struggles, our mental struggles. It talks about that. Number two is, blessed are those who mourn because they will be comforted. And this talks about loss. It talks about grieving. It talks about how we can become whole. And number three really personifies what I've been saying is, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And this is about just being humble. It's about being vulnerable. It's about letting go of our ego. A good acronym for the word ego is edge God out. So if we can let our egos go and let God be back on the throne, there's victory. There's salvation. We're saved. We're out of the, the pit of despair. But we have to choose. We have to choose. So, band, if you want to come up, that would be wonderful. So we're going to have some ministry time shortly. If this has stirred anything up, anything's come from the surface, then please do the wise thing. Seek good counsel. Come and see the amazing pastoral team we have. We have people here who are willing to stand with you, willing to pray with you, willing to believe with you. We have got people ready to, to listen. Please don't leave this room without, with, and take that baggage with you. It's not yours to carry. It never was. So we can let that go right now. We can let that go this very day. So if this has stared anything up from the past, we're just going to pray a prayer. And if you feel a response in your heart to raise your arm, then go for it. I remember doing it so many times. For me, it was a time of literally, God, just come into this. God, come into this. It's too much for me to carry. Just come into this. I just don't need this anymore. So if you feel that staring in your heart, please just go with it. It's about being vulnerable in front of him. He already knows what's going on. He already knows what's going on in our hearts. 
but he likes us to be vulnerable. He likes to, he likes us just to show him, ask him to come into our situation. So church, we're just going to pray a prayer. And even if you don't put your arm up, just respond in your heart. If anything stares this week, if anything stares this week, please don't just push it aside again. It's not worth it. Come and seek support. Come and seek pastoral care. Come and speak to the team. So dear Lord, dear God, you are a good, good father. You love us so much, you sent your son to die for us. And Jesus, you came. You came to this planet fully fully God, fully man, and you experienced the emotions that we go through. You experienced them in such a full way, Lord, that you visibly showed them. But they moved you to take action. So Lord, I just pray for my brothers and sisters right now that if there's things staring in their heart, things that have been undealt, been not dealt with from the past, things that have been pushed away, or things that have just happened recently, Lord, Lord, they would, they would make the wise choice, firstly, to seek you. And then secondly, to seek counsel and have counsel of the saints. Lord, I just pray right now for, for healing. I just pray right now for, for slaves to be set free. The strongholds that have been up against them, Lord, we crush them in the name of Jesus. We smash those walls in the name of Jesus. We open the tomb of despair and we call you out. Just as Jesus called out Lazarus, we call you back out by name. Jesus is calling you by name. You were never meant to be in that place. I just pray for godly wisdom to come upon you in such a way that you know how to deal with this these tricky things called emotions. We block the door right now to Satan's attack. We, we close that door. They has no way in. The only door that's open is the door to Jesus. And through that door, we hear his voice. And we go through that door. It's a door to freedom. It's a door to salvation. And Lord, we thank you for the victory. We sang about the victory earlier, Lord. We thank you for the victory, that we go from victory to victory. And Lord, that you use all things for good. Heck, you use some brokenness in my life. And Lord, I can see the fruits of, of allowing you into that situation. I can see the healing of that, and I thank you so much. And I just pray that same healing and same fruits into my brothers and sisters right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.